Hey, I'm writers. Y'all know and hopefully love our sponsor, Author Accelerator, and we have some good news. They've fully revised and updated both the fiction and nonfiction book coach certification programs. Turn your love of reading into a career you love with a self-paced program you can access from anywhere. With more than 100 hours of training, videos, case studies, and worksheets, Author Accelerator's program teaches you the key editorial skills client management strategies and tools needed to help writers reach their goals and to help you start a thriving book coaching business. We've loved Author Accelerator for a long time. We trust them. They do really great work. And this is more than just an online course. You can take the skills you learn and apply them with real life clients through three practicums designed to help you practice helping authors go from confusion to clarity with their novel idea. Yeah, you can work with real writers and it's terribly nerve wracking, I hear, but I can tell you from the other perspective, it can be nerve wracking for the author too. Um, KJ has done this and the author she worked with during one of her practicums just got a book deal with for that project. So this is real. To see this, if this work is right for you, Author Accelerator offers a $99 five-day challenge all about getting your business idea out of your head and onto the page. But hashtag writing listeners get it for half off head to bookcoaches.com slash podcast and enter the code podcast at checkout for 50% off bookcoaches.com slash podcast is it recording now it's recording yay go ahead this is the part where i stare blankly at the microphone <laughs> try to remember what i'm supposed to be doing all right let's start over awkward pause i'm gonna wrestle some papers okay now one two three Hey writers, it's KJ, and this is Hashtag M Writing, podcast about writing all the things, short things, long things, pitches, proposals, fiction, nonfiction. This is the podcast about sitting down and getting your work done. I am KJ Delantonia, and I am solo this week. I am also the author of the novels Playing the Witch Card, out now and highly appropriate for your October reading, The Chicken Sisters, and In Her Boots, as well as the nonfiction book, How to Be a Happier Parent. I am also the former editor and lead writer of The Motherlode at the New York Times. And yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of my first post in that role. So I was musing about that on Instagram, where you should follow me if you don't already. I am at KJDA. Ah, so as I said, I'm solo today. And today I want to talk to you about National Novel Planning Month. Nanoplamo. It's not a thing, but it should be. If you are listening to this in real time or any time in the future in October, you might be getting ready for NaNoWriMo. Or maybe you're just getting ready to draft a novel. Especially if you're getting ready for NaNoWriMo or you're getting ready to draft a novel fast and furious, and I think that's a great way to do it, I have some thoughts that might help you. Because for most people, well, first of all, most people just bail on NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month. The goal of it is to finish a novel in 30 days. Well, to finish a 50,000-word draft of a novel 
technically that would be a novella if you then just wrapped it up, slapped some covers on it and published it, which I can guarantee you, you absolutely should not do. So from most people never write the 50,000 words. So let's talk about the 50 people that managed to come up with their 50,000 words for most of them. And I will say most of us, because I've absolutely been in this position, that 50,000 words is not a draft of a novel. It's usually the rambling draft of the first half or two thirds of a novel at absolute best. And the mistake that people often make is then to go backwards and begin revising that, figuring they will finish it when they get to the end. That is probably a waste of time and a much better way to end November if you're going to write that 50,000 words. And let me say, I absolutely think you should. NaNoWriMo is, NaNoWriMo is super fun. The energy of it, the challenge of it, um, the, the community of it can really propel you forward. The Chicken Sisters started as a NaNoWriMo draft and lots of other books that you know well did as well. But if you're going to do it, I want to give you some ideas for how you can do it right. The first thing is really to, to take a hard look at yourself and figure out if this is for you. So constantly failing at something that isn't for you is not helpful. It's not going to help you um, get to the point to have written a book. And if you want to write a book, you, you can write a book. And maybe this is the way that you're going to write a book. But the thing is... Um, most people who want to write a book don't ever write a book, even though they dream about writing a book. And that's for one very simple reason. They don't ever write a book. They just dream about writing a book. So if NaNoWriMo is for you, it is a great way to get a draft done. And we're going to talk in a second about how to get an actual draft done, not just a half draft, which you know, might count as winning, quote unquote, NaNoWriMo, but doesn't really count in your mind as finishing. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk about whether NaNoWriMo is actually for you. It is 100% for me. I thrive on a challenging schedule. I thrive on being told you cannot do something. And the idea that you cannot draft a novel in a month is a big part of what lies behind NaNoWriMo. I thrive on having to squash something that seems impossible into an already impossible schedule. I adore that. That's worked for me before. It'll probably work for you again. If it just makes you angry, if it just makes you stressed, if the thought of squishing one more thing into your day just makes you want to cry, then maybe you should figure out another plan for getting a draft of a novel done. Maybe you look at NaNoWriMo and you think, well, yes, that, but with more time and more accountability. Or that, but with more time and less accountability. Uh, maybe you want to devise Nano Wintermo and write over the course of a winter. Maybe you want to set in with a friend and, you know, agree to hold each other to a plan for writing the beginning, the middle, and the end of a novel. There are other ways to do this. Let the idea of NaNoWriMo be something that pushes you to find your way towards this goal. Because if you have this goal, I really want you to achieve it. And I'm here to tell you that you can. This is a learnable process. You know, will your first novel be the greatest thing ever written? Probably not. Uh, for some people, maybe. 
Very few people, certainly not me. But it doesn't matter. If you want to do this, you can do this, but you have to also do it. And if NaNoWriMo is just going to sort of, you know, drive your, your energy and your excitement into the ground, then heck with it. Come up with something else. All right. So no, no matter whether you're going to do NaNoWriMo as NaNoWriMo or whether you're going to find your own way to do that. Oh, and I, I meant to mention, you might want to give Serena's episode 352, which is how to write a novel in three months, a listen if you'd like to stretch out this process a little bit more. Serena's not a fan of NaNoWriMo. Um, I am because it's worked for me. Jess is because she loves to try it. Uh, you know, Serena would rather, Serena has her own way of getting to success and it works. And that's what really matters, finding a way that works. So how to write a novel in three months, episode 352, definitely worth a listen. All right. But now let's talk about making NaNoWriMo a success or making your version of NaNoWriMo a success. So it is not cheating to start NaNoWriMo knowing what your book is about. It is smart. If sitting down on day one of a project and writing it, it was a dark and stormy night, and knowing nothing about what happens from there, including why it is storming and really whether it is storming at all or whether your person is making it up or any of those things, if you've done that before and it worked for you and you got to the end of a book and you had a draft, then yay, that's your process. If you've never done it that way, it's probably not your process. It's not most people's process. Most of us do better knowing something. So here's my suggestion for the bare minimum. In a perfect world, you would go through the processes we describe during summer 2023's Idea Factory episodes and the blueprint for a book series we did during episodes 322 to 330, and you would be ready to rock and roll in this. If you don't want to, if you don't have time, if you just sort of want to do this differently, I really strongly think you should know three things about the book you're going to try to write. What is it about? The plot. Why are you writing it? Slash, why does the world need it? That is usually the theme or the emotional arc or the discovery that the protagonist could make. And I can't tell you how important it is to have that and to have it jive with the plot. And finally, I think you need to know where you're going. So it's better to know where does the story start, where does it peak, and where does it end? Those last things can be vague, honestly. If you write mysteries or you think you're going to write a mystery and not know who the killer is, that's cool. I mean, a lot of mystery writers actually do work that way. So if your idea for the ending, if the thing that you know is the killer traps her and her dog in a mountain cabin, she manages to escape and returns for revenge, there you go. You know your end. You are writing to that point. Even without knowing who that killer is, you know that... You've got to have a variety of characters who could conceivably hit that mountain cabin, and you've got to have your main character and her dog also heading in that same direction. You have a trajectory, and that is key. Um, so that's great, right? 
If you're writing a romance, maybe all you know is something's going to break these two up. Something's going to bring them back together. But still, you're writing towards those moments. That doesn't work for me. I have to be honest. I need to know what. And it is still exciting for me to write the part in which I figure out how. But that really does vary. Um, it varies enormously what people do and don't like to do. And here's the other thing. I firmly believe I do better with specifics. On the other hand, my specifics are almost always wrong. Like I, I nearly always have to rewrite them in the end. So, you know, go figure. Maybe I would do better if I just didn't even try to think about them to begin with at all. Or maybe that would just mean I would have to revise this thing in major ways three times instead of twice. Oh, who am I kidding? I revised it a zillion times anyway. So the other thing that you need is a plan for what you will write when. So you might have a linear plan. Most of us, if just handed uh, 30 days and 50,000 words, are going to noodle wildly around in the beginning of the book and then get stuck in the middle and, you know, flail frantically and hit that 50K without grappling with the end. That is absolutely what will happen to me. So I like to try to force myself to stick to a linear schedule, but hold on, I've got an idea for those of you that would prefer not to write in a linear, linear way. So if you want a, a linear schedule where you're writing, you know, the beginning first, the middle, and then the end, do something like week one is the beginning, week two is the beginning of the middle, week three is the middle of the middle, and week four is the end. And you will get to the end of those and not be at the end. So hold on, hold on, I have an idea for you. But before we even do that, an alternative, if you just want to write the scene that comes to you in the moment, would be to, to, to give yourself a set number of days. So of your 30 days, you can spend only five on the beginning and any scene from the beginning 20 on scenes from the middle and five on scenes from the end. That's wrong. I wouldn't, I would say seven, 15, eight is probably, is that ad? Yes. So I would go seven days on the beginning, 15 on the middle. And if you've already checked off all your days in the beginning and you want to be get right at beginning scene, then pre-write that scene. I'm going to talk to you about that in a second and then go on to something else. Cause you can't, the goal here is to get a whole draft. And I can't tell you how much that means. There's a huge difference between having written a beginning, a middle, and an end, and having written a beginning and a middle in terms of your momentum for finishing, in terms of your confidence in your own ability, and in terms of your ability to revise. If you've written at a beginning and a middle, and you're revising that, but you've never written the end, the odds that you are revising the wrong stuff are so high. You gotta write the end. You really do. And that is when you know that the entire beginning and middle were completely and totally wrong. Yeah, speaking for a friend. Okay, so I, I mentioned pre-writing. Because I love y'all, if you will go to the show notes for this episode, I'm gonna show you a picture of what pre-writing looks like. Um, pre-writing is... I kind of know what this scene is going to be, and I know what they're going to say to each other, and I know ne what needs to happen, and it looks like that. Uh, they argue about the thing, he slams the car door, she drives off in a huff of smoke. I mean, that's a whole scene, but 
you you know, for you, you maybe if if you have gotten to the seventh day of writing your beginning and you need to flip over into the middle, then just hash out all the things that need to happen. We need to see her at work. She needs to swear at her boss. She needs to quit her job. Uh, she shouts various curses as she's leaving. Uh, you know, the taxi uh, pulls up and the guy leans out and grabs her in and yells, come on. All right, I just pre-wrote a scene. I don't know what that fits into, but that's pre-writing a scene. Maybe it has a little chunk of dialogue in it. Maybe it says, for some reason, they have to do such and such. Why, 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 why? That's what you'll see if you go to the show notes and look at the picture of what I made. Um, I'm showing you this picture because I think that when people hear uh, successful novelists, and by successful, mostly it just mean people who've had a novel, who finished one, say, I wrote a terrible first draft. Y'all don't believe us. You think we are exaggerating. We are not. I mean, maybe Lauren Groff is exaggerating. I've never seen her first graph, but go, go. Look at this picture. And while you're at it, you should subscribe to the show notes because we are going to be doing a lot more in writing here, people. And I did a lot of writing for this particular episode. Um, you're going to want to get them. Anyway, go. Look. Look at what I wrote. That moved me forward. If I just do that to the end of a book, I have achieved more than I would achieve by throwing 50,000 random words around. The bar for this draft is low. All right. So let's say you get to 50,000 words and the end of November. Yay! But you didn't write the end. So my strong suggestion is that you keep going forward. I already said it. Don't revise until you've ended this draft right now. You know, give yourself a mulligan, set up a few more days, give them the, try to keep the, try to keep the speed up until you get to the end. Try to ride that momentum until you have at least pre-written some kind of ending. That actually includes the thing that happens, not end this somehow. That's not, that's not pre-writing the ending. It has to be, you know, they, they, jump in the car, and they drive off the edge of the cliff. You don't have to write the dialogue. You don't have to write the, the dramatic you know, description of the scene, but you got to throw those people off the end of the cliff if that's where your book is going to end. Um, and even if you didn't hit that 50,000 words, same thing. Revise the schedule. Remake the rules. Don't abandon it. Um, even if it's the worst thing you've ever written, it's okay. It's got to be the worst thing before it can be the better thing. So that was, that's, that's kind of the summary of my advice for how to finish NaNoWriMo. But the most important thing that I can tell you is this. Good writing comes last. There should be no good writing in this draft. If there are a few great sentences, fantastic. I bet you're going to have to cut them out later. It'll just hurt more. Don't worry about the writing. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is what happens and what it feels like and that those two things mesh and speak to the re reader. You will get farther with a poorly written book that has a driving plot and true emotion than you will with 50,000 beautiful words that say nothing. Don't worry about the writing, people. Worry about getting the writing done. All right, that is my NaNoWriMo advice. I hope it is helpful. I hope you'll let us know how it goes. As I said, shine, sign up for the show notes. We're going to be doing a lot more of the podcast in the form of our Substack show notes. 
in the future, you're gonna wanna get them and you can always hit reply to those and talk to us. So please do that. You can find them at amwritingpodcast.com. You can find them on Substack. You can find them by clicking through this podcast in your pod player. While you're at it, give us a rating and review in said pod player. And also while you're at it, go buy my book, Playing the Witch Card. You'll like it, probably. If you don't, give it to your mom, give it to your sister, give it to someone else. But I would love it if you gave that one a buy and perhaps a book by Jess or Serena as well. That's it, folks. That's my NaNoWriMo podcast. And I'll wrap up with what's the same phrase we say every week. Keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. The Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work. listeners, it's KJ here asking for a favor. Have you reviewed hashtag am writing in your pod player yet? Would you? I know you're driving or running or cooking or whatever you do while listening and we are there for that. But if you love us and could take a minute to hit that five star button and toss in a comment, we'd appreciate it. Oh, and if you don't love us, carry on with what you're doing. In fact, we hear the review button isn't working right now. Don't check.